Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm joined by Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch as we discuss the news of when the new name will be announced. It's February 2nd. We spent only a few minutes on that because how much can you really go over it, but we did have some discussion about it before we then dissected Ron Rivera's comments from Monday, some of which were revealing about the direction of the team and Chase Young's development. Some good insight for you. Also, for what it's worth, we did not discuss the name Admirals, which became an internet rumor this morning or maybe later in the morning. However, I'll be honest, I kind of like that name. So we'll see. Stay tuned for February 2nd. You can follow Michael on Twitter at MichaelPRTD, and you can read my work on ESPN.com. You can follow me on Instagram as well at John Kime ESPN. Before I share my conversation, I wanted to share some of what I learned after watching the game against from Sunday. Now, I haven't watched the entire game at this point, but I watched some specific plays. I wanted to watch Cole Holcomb and the impact that having a, another play caller next to him and David Mayo made on him. So I'm going to focus on that position for a minute. And it's something I'll get into late in later podcasts this offseason as we dig into various topics on this team. But it's important to note the impact Mayo made in, in the game Sunday. Now, I don't, mean he, that he, I don't mean that he played at some Pro Bowl level, but to me it indicated why it's so important to get a strong vet in here to play the middle. Mayo was limited, but he's a solid backup and he knows the position. When Carolina drafted him, I remember Rivera had said this before talking about him, but it was to be a backup to Luke Keekley, not because he's at that level, but because he can play a similar way, just not at two, the same level. What stood out to me was how decisive Mayo was and that's not a word consistently used to describe Cole Holcomb or Jamin Davis when they would play in the middle. And Holcomb, of course, has played there a lot more. Check out the goal line D in the third quarter on the drive in which the Eagles scored their second touchdown where, where Hertz got tripped, but he made the pitch and they got the touchdown. Mayo impacted the first three plays in that series. On the first one, he you see him before the snap, point to Bobby McCain pre-snap to warn him about a block coming from the receiver. On that, because of that, McCain was able to get up and get into the hole. Now they didn't, he didn't need to be there because Mayo crashes hard inside and helps make the stop. I mean, McCain had to be there, but he was able to get there. He didn't have to make the stop, but he was in the right spot and wasn't affected by the potential block because of in part because of Mayo's direction. On second down, Mayo shoots inside and quickly breaks up a double team, but leaves Holcomb free to make the stop in the hole. And on third down, you see Mayo directing the outside to his right as to what to do or what's coming. In fact, the Eagles ran the ball that way. After he points, you see him turn and decisively hit the hole as the ball is snapped. Again, Holcomb was free to get to the ball. So Holcomb runs down the side, makes a stop, but also Mayo clears up the double teams. He gets double teams off of the defensive, excuse me, the defensive lineman much quicker than Holcomb has this season. 
Holcomb could play uncluttered because you had someone else calling the signals. Now, the Eagles scored on fourth down because they quick snapped it. And to be honest, I felt Washington should have called a timeout because apparently they knew what was coming. They were told what was coming. They just weren't in the right position because of the quick snap. And because of that, the Eagles scored. But those first three plays told me how it can look with a strong veteran presence inside and with Holcomb to free, free to play uncluttered. Too often when he's in the play calling role, he hesitates. And even though he got better with that at times this year, you still saw it Sunday when it was he in charge out there when he was the only linebacker or when he um, when he was next to Davis, then you could still see some of that hesitation. And that's why I think that that is a definite priority for Washington this offseason. And like I said, I'll get into more of that and some of the play calling stuff later in other podcasts. But let's move on. Another guy that I like is, is guard Sadiq Charles. Now, I told you last offseason that his best spot was guard, and that's where he'd play. It's what I had heard from a few people um, that, who know him well, and um, but clearly they worked him at tackle too. So there you go. But I'll tell you this again. After seeing him this season, I'd be surprised if he's, if he's going to start, it's definitely as a guard. Or at, at most, he's a backup tackle with primary he's a swing guy like he was this year but they really like that I will say tell you this they like him a lot more at guard after having watched him play besides they have Sam Cosme at right tackle they want to re-sign Charles Leno there's already been contact made about that so so Sadiq Charles wouldn't start at tackle but he again he could be a backup there however he's shown more physicality inside when playing guard what he must learn to do is keep his feet moving but he plays tough inside and that's where he'll help the most. They do believe that now. Now, when I said, when you watch him in pass protection, when he got beat, he got beat one time on Sunday. It wasn't because he got stoned and driven back. It's because he had this guy and he, he didn't use it. He didn't continue to use his feet a little bit lazy. I would say with his feet, clean that up. And I think you have a guy who can help them inside. Anyway, this episode with Michael ran a touch longer. So that's it for me. After this break, I'll be back with Michael Phillips of the Richmond times dispatch as we discuss possible new names, plus dig deep into some of Ron Rivera's comments from Monday, some telling ones that involve Chase Young. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. I am back with America's podcast guest, Michael Phillips. Michael, originally I was going to have you on to talk about some of what Ron Rivera said on Monday because I thought some of those quotes were interesting. And then we found out today that the, when the date of the new name will be announced, which is February 2nd, and we know some of the possibilities. I mean, according to Tanya Snyder on the Schefter podcast, she confirmed those eight that came out. Um, I'm curious, like, first of all, we, we, we can take it down to seven now, right? We can take it down to seven. because yes, yep. I was going to say Red Wolves was on that list. And Jason Wright came out and said no dice because of trademark issues. So that was a fan favorite. That is out. So looking at this list, it's Armada, excuse me, Armada, Brigade, Red Hawks, Commanders, Defenders, or football team. Do you have a favorite I, in that group? And I think we can toss football team too, right? We can or, toss or, football team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, so it's, the word, it's, it's, tech, it's technically on the list, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. not going to be yeah. that. It's not football team. Um, do I have a favorite? I don't know if I have a favorite. Maybe Armada. I don't know. I, I think Armada's got a lot of cool visual stuff you can do with it. Um, the, the problem being, like, with all due respect to the Potomac, you're not 
you're not on the water. Like, you know, it's right. you know, not really a, a seafaring place. Um, <laughs> you know, not no no disrespect to the mighty Potomac, of course. Um, you know, but like the stadium, unless it's the RFK site, which I think we agree isn't gonna happen, like the stadium's not gonna be on a body of water. Right. Um, you know, I did we all hear the same rumors that, you know, of course, of commanders. I I think whatever it is will grow on people eventually. I don't, I don't think there's a full on like dud that will ultimately be rejected. But I, I think, you know, you look at what the Wizards did, um, you know, from the Bullets, and, and there's certainly still a segment of that fan base that will forever view them as the Bullets. And I think they'll forever be the Redskins for a certain, you know, age and demographic of fan around here. I don't think that'll ever change. But, you know, it, it's all about how cool the stuff looks. I mean, right. think about That's college right. football. Right college football man you know like you, you either have an iconic uniform uh you know you've got an alabama or an ohio state or a michigan or like it's iconic or you better you better be fresh and cool every week um you know and, and so they're, they're not iconic anymore so, so they better be fresh and cool when they bring it well and that's what i'm sure you've had some of these same conversations to me the biggest key will be the logo and more probably more so the name because I think people are going to gravitate to the logo as much as they will the name because the logo is what's going to sell gear for them. And I think yeah, it's yeah. what's going to, it's going to be what attracts people. So whatever the name is, I think the logo will be maybe a bigger part of it. Do you think? Oh yeah. You think about the merchandising and all that. So, you know, if you think about, you know, big cities, like the baseball hat, you know, has to be, classic and iconic you know like the curly w i I think is is a great look for the nationals and a great look for the city it represents dc and what it is you know new york yankees of course you know cleveland with the block c kansas city has the kc like there's a classic element to baseball teams football is not constrained by those boundaries you can be a little bit edgier you can be a little bit cooler and more progressive with a football logo i think you know than than you can in other places And, and not to say they need to be like outlandish with how they do it but they're, they're committed to the burgundy and gold so you know you're, you're drawn inside some some lines to begin with but yeah i, I don't know I, I just think like there's so much opportunity here to put some cool stuff in the space because i i'm just gonna say it. i thought all the football team merchandise was really lame like i don't know that that's anybody's fault obviously because it, it was a quick rollout and you didn't want to invest a lot of energy in that but like you know i want to wear something cool like I, you know i want to rock something that, that the people that I'm, i'll be proud of wearing and I, I think there's a big opportunity to do that here well yeah and i think that's why it won't be football team because there isn't a chance to develop anything snazzy and cool off that and you know i'm pretty sure they think it's boring so but but that's <laughs> pretty but sure that's, it is boring yeah well it is but <laughs> but i think they know that i think there was some, some an element of fans who wanted to see it continue because they got used to it um, but I don't think you can market football team quite the way, same way you could commanders. And again, it's the logo that will be a big key in all of this. And that's, you know, whether it's again, commanders or, you know, I, I kind of like Red Hawks, but I don't think it's, that's, you know, I might, my, my gut would say if you're, if the, the whole reason with the wolves, red wolves is you can't, is the trademark issue with wolves. I would think that Hawks would have the same issue. Uh, so, no question. Yeah. Can I hit you with a question? Who's sure. the greatest player in football team history? <laughs> John Allen. Allen, Terry. Look, I mean, Terry, what Terry? Yeah, Heine- okay. You got to throw Heineke's name in there because, because I mean, the, the Tampa game does count. It's not Alex Smith. He didn't play enough. No. But Alex, I think I, you Alex know, Smith you know. Had, the, had the biggest heater in Washington football team history. 
There, there you go. But I think I, I could go with Terry. That's a good, that's a good podcast. I'm, it's a good podcast, five minute quick bonus podcast. Debate. That's a, that's a good mid-May podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest. Yeah. <laughs> now that they've changed their name from football team, who was the, you know, top five greatest moments in football team history. We're going to make it to five. I, well, let's see top five. Let's see, I guess beating Nate Sudfeld to clinch the division. Um, I almost beating Tom Brady is legit a top five moment in football team history. I think the dive for the pylon. Yeah. 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 I think that would be one beating the bucks here. Um, um, how about Terry's catch in week one against the chargers on the sideline? Like, oh yeah. yeah. That one was, well, great. I think his catch, um, the catch against the bucks would be a huge, that's one. a good one. Yeah. That's a good one too. So, yeah. There you go. Now we did it. We're, 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 we're all, <laughs> And there, all the that, the and there was we're that, and there was that one, the and then there was that <laughs> trust way punt that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> you were all the way down the rabbit hole, but yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I don't think any of these names particularly to me stand out. I think it's all in the branding and how cool you make it. Right. Like, the, look, this, this is where Jason Wright makes his money, man. Like the, he is a businessman. He is, he has worked at consulting firms. Like what, what is this? If not the ultimate consulting and rebranding project right here that, that millions of people are going to see. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is the fact that they announced this a month in advance. Some other things that have happened here, they did not announce a month in advance. And I wonder if that was a lesson learned. And because here's the other thing. We know that there are potential congressional hearings coming up, possibly. And you want to get ahead of that by saying, we're not doing this as a reaction to that. We're not announcing the name now because Congress is doing this. It's get ahead of it and be proactive with it. And I think, and I just wonder if some of that is not due to the Sean Taylor fiasco. No doubt. And um, so, so there's always going to be the like, oh, they just announced it because like, oh, they just announced Sean Taylor because of the emails. Right. Oh, they just announced the name because the railing fell. But like, let's call this what it is. There, there's always something bad yeah. happening. Here. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it was, if, yeah, you're right. By that criteria, they could never announce anything. <laughs> You can't wait. You can't wait until it's a quiet space because uh, you, you might never have an identity. Oh, they just announced it because Curtis Sand is on the side field again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, they, and if it's the Washington side fields, we're all in trouble. Smoke machine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very, very good. But I do think some of that is related to that. And so, you know, and you what you have to hope if you're a fan, because Jason Wright will be gone from here at some point. This is not, you know, I think we all, you know, whether it's next year, 10 years, whenever, fans have to live with this one. So that's why it's important for them to get this right. And it's not just, it can't be a hit and run moment for them. Like this new group comes in, does this and leaves because everybody else has to live with, live with it for years. Like the Wizards, they, I mean, people still don't like that name, but. You know, look, look, I, I take a lot of swings at Dan Snyder. I think a lot of them are justified. But one, one thing that we have to say in all honesty he legitimately, <laughs> deeply, passionately yes. cares about yes. the history, the franchise itself, like the identity. He's not going to let a dud slip through the cracks here. I don't think. Like you would it, think, you know, he, you you wouldn't you wouldn't think. And like this is this is a thing that matters on a very personal level to him. Yes. Um, how how this how this plays out. And I think that's a very good point. That is one thing that you can people can bank on that 
the guy, you know, we all know about the buck, belt buckle in the 70s and all that, but he truly grew up in this area as a Redskins fan. So he did not want to change the name. So I think whatever it's going to go to, it's going to have to be something that, again, this is the rebranding. This is the first part because then the next part is going to be the stadium. So they need to build some momentum, but you have to get this right because, and, and I'll say this as somebody who grew up in Cleveland with the Indians changing their name, when, as soon as it's announced, you're probably not going to like it because it's, that's now the permanent name. It's like, really? Um, and maybe, maybe there's going to be a segment that will like it. And maybe at best you can hope for is probably 50, 50, but you, that's why I say the logo has to then pull you in and be something you can identify with. Um, and then I'll also be curious, like, what are these traditions they want to build off of this? And, you know, you heard some music being played the other day with it's, I don't know if it was an, an attempt at a new song or something like that after one of the touchdowns. But um, I don't know if you caught that there was, you know, but. Yeah. And you know, I, I, to bring it back, you had mentioned Rivera's comments the other day off the top. I, I think it comes at a really good time football wise in the sense of, you know, Rivera's already leaning into high expectations for next year's yeah. group, which you don't yeah. always hear from a coach um, and certainly did not did not hear that from him this year. You heard that from the players this off season that, you know, the defense was running their mouth all off season, which, which we've reminded <laughs> people of, um, but, but and in fairness to the defense, a lot of other, uh, other people were running it for them too. A lot of us in the media. <laughs> so it wasn't just them, but they went above and beyond with the record breaking sack totals. So go no, on. No doubt. But, but, but Rivera's already leaning into high expectations next year. I don't think that's unfair. I, I think we've seen a lot of building block pieces and, you know, depending on which way the quarterback thing shakes out this year, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's not unfair to, to think that this could be, you know, the year where they, they kind of push through and get, get above 500 with them. And, and that's what, so let's go into that. Cause I don't know what much more we can say about a, a possible name. Cause we don't know what it is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wanted to get into some of his comments from Monday because it really felt like we still have one more season, a season-ending press conference after the day after the Giants game. But that's this is how it felt like this was a you know looking ahead and you know I don't like I don't think we know they're going to go after a quarterback, so we don't need to talk about Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke who's going to start and what it means. I think the interesting thing was here's one of the things you said about the third year. Asked about expectations, should they be high? And he said, if you map things out, you plan things out, this is really what we believe. I don't see why not. I know expectations will be high. I know people will say, well, it's your third season. This is what happens in the third season. I get it. Um, at the end of the day, we have some holes we want to fill. 
have some players who want to make sure they are the right kind of guys that are going to be out on the field. Believe me, I didn't come here thinking that it's going to be an easy turnaround. And that's kind of what we were just talking about with the third year. And you, you think that, I mean, he seems to be embracing because then, and one of the other things he talked about too was in Carolina, his third season was really good. And the first two years were very much like these last two. The difference is they had Cam Newton. So we'll never, we'll never know how different this year would have been with Fitzpatrick, but I'm, I, with all due respect to him, I'm, I'm going to play the hunch that it's not a playoff year. Not with, the, not with all that's happened. happened, not with all the other yeah. stuff that's happened. You're assuming everything else happens the way it happens, Correct. of course. Yeah, yeah, I think the everything else was, was just too much to overcome anything other than a full elite quarterback would have been needed to, to I think, take that. I think maybe the Denver game is different. Maybe a game like Saints, that. Saints game. So maybe, yeah, maybe one of the – well, the Saints game, they still – it was a defense that had those two crazy bad – touchdowns allowed so that's why I say maybe maybe one of the earlier games would have been a little bit different and that could have changed things but I don't think there's a dramatic change either so yes you're right that, that Hail Mary might be the worst moment in football team history if, oh, if we're doing yes. the bottom five yeah yeah I, I would say that's without a doubt right yeah um you know it, it, it's it's fascinating that the injuries have plagued this franchise for so long. And you're just, when you're immersed you're like, Oh, every other team must be going through this too. But, but it's really not that way. I mean, these guys have kind of led the league in injuries for, for the better part of the last decade and certainly yeah. in very significant injuries, um, which is an interesting thing. And, you know, you, you don't hold the past against Ron because he's got new people, but then you note that his trainer was on DEA investigation this yeah. year that, that didn't help didn't the situation, help. No. obviously. No matter how you want to, no matter how it, you try to compensate for it. You still lost your top guy and you lost your top two guys. But, but let's run down the list of what you can feel comfortable with. I feel comfortable with the offensive line, even if Sheriff doesn't come back. Yeah. Like you, you'd love to have another really, you know, great player on the and line. I think they'll address that in the off season too. So yeah. it's whatever. Um, yeah. Tight end. I feel great about tight end. Logan Thomas and, and John Bates. That that's fine. That's a fine and, unit. And I think Seals line. Jones is a third guy with, with Sam is still oh, coming yeah. on. I think you got some better depth there. Yeah, going in next. Oh week. yeah, you got something there. Defensive line's fine. Uh, I think the secondary's fine, and it's maybe a bit of a hot take. But but you know, I I, I think just relative to what you can expect at the NFL, that you know Fuller is an NFL level player. I I think Jackson has settled into. You know, it may be a touch overpaid, but but certainly NFL starter caliber over the course of the season. And, and so you say, like, can you address your weaknesses in this offseason? So your weaknesses are quarterback, obviously, big one. You need a second running back. You need somebody behind Gibson. And that, that's not a knock on Gibson. He just can't play 17 games in the yeah. NFL at running back. It's, I it's think that's too I hard agree to with do. That. And linebacker, um, you know, and, and obviously – you know, the Jamin Davis thing is its own probably hour long discussion, you know, that you can go in depth on, but that it's not a roster with dozens of holes. It's a roster with a few very prominent key holes, but very key holes. But I don't think it's, it's unfixable in one off season either. I, I think, I think with the right moves, you, you can get to where you need to be. Um, I didn't mention receiver just because just I think if Curtis Samuel plays the full year, we view that differently. And I think I'll be curious to see if De'Ami Brown takes a leap. I mean, he did 
Oh, man. Sometimes you look too hard for signs of a guy, what he can do. And he, oh, he had two catches in the last. Well, he only had two catches. So that one was a big catch and one was a nice grab over the middle. Um, and what I, you know, there were some things I liked about that play, but I'm not going to overanalyze one play because it was one play. And the special team stuff, it's good for his competitiveness, but you still need to transfer that to offense. And so we'll see if he develops because we know Antonio Gandy Golden did not. And we wondered what he was going to be like and do a year or two. I think Deami Brown has shown more, but not a ton more. So we don't know about that. So I agree with you. I think middle linebacker, I think they will solve that one this offseason. That'll be that's a mild take, but I think they'll solve that <laughs> one. Um, and that'll melt the snow right there, yeah, Dick. <laughs> well, they'll melt it out here because I'm looking at my yard and there's it's mostly green right now. So we already started the melting process. Um, but then the quarterback obviously will be the toughest one to fill, and that's where it's going to be determined exactly what kind of a step can you take. Are you are you having to settle for a guy again this offseason, or do you get a guy that you say you can build around for the next four, you know, five, six, seven years and do something with him. And so I think that'll determine if they go from, let's say if they win the beat the giants from a seven win team to 10, 11 win team, or can you go beyond that? Or are you just going to be kind of, you know, hoping like this year, they hope that they could get to nine or 10 wins with this quarterback group. If things broke right. And it didn't, there are too many injuries, too much to overcome. And their margin for error was too small. So you know, we'll see. Let's see. But I do think, um, but I agree with you though, overall. I mean, I, I don't think there are, I don't think like the offensive line has good depth. You can get another guy out there and I'm sure they will. If you lose sure, if you have to go get somebody, I think you want a little bit more depth inside. Um, and I think D line will be interesting because do you use one of those guys as trade bait for a quarterback? Um, but I still, and I still think you go out and I'd go out and get another guy too. I'm going to draft a guy or bring another guy in to maybe get with some size in the middle to, to maybe develop or have as a situational run stuffer type, um, something like that. But those are like, I think you can find those guys. I mean, the hardest one will be the quarterback. And so, you know, but you're right. I mean, a cornerback will be interesting. Does St. Juice come back? Does he, what does he do? as he develops. Um, do they bring back McCain? I actually think he played well over the second half of the year. So I would have no problem with that. I'd, I'd him bring back. him back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you bring Landon back? The salary makes it very tough, but this is not a team that's going to be in any kind of cap purgatory next right. year. Uh, I, I think I'd, I'd almost let it be Landon's decision rather than the team's decision. Let him know, here's how we're using you. Do you want to be here or do you want to go make $7 million less somewhere else where they can call you safety? Like, <laughs> yeah, like we'll, you, yeah you, we'll call you safety <laughs> yeah sure yeah what you know you only want him there if he wants to be there but if he wants to be there i, I think i think he does bring a lot to the table and i think i think we saw glimpses of that as the year went on well, the question i would have then too this is where i start to you start to do the math with it first of all this the savings and I, and I like what he did i still saw i thought in that first eagles game despite him getting some of those created getting some takeaways he had some issues with his, his discipline on certain plays, but he also created some takeaways. Um, one was a fortunate bounce, but he also, he did make some, he was in a position to make some plays that, but the question I would have for them is if you think you're going to get a middle linebacker, that means you like Cole Holcomb and you drafted Jamin Davis. Are you going to be able to do different things with your base personnel, lessening the need for a guy like Landon as much as they had him this year? That's the one thing I wonder, in which case then you can't pay him, what you're paying him, but I still think he adds value here. 
Yeah, we're saying the same thing, which is I think both of us, we were asked to make a yes or no prediction would predict that no, Landon will not be here. But but if if we're allowed to pick on like a hundred percent scale, I'd I'd give it a 30% chance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm all right with that. All right. So I think another big one was on the OTAs and Chase, Chase Young. Basically, without saying Chase has to be here, he talked about how he wants guys to be here for OTAs and how that's where you install things. It's where, see, what do you say? It's um, when we're working together so we can develop this cohesion that you need to go forward. There's a lot of things that come about when you do get together during those nine weeks that you have as far as OTAs and mini camps are concerned. I mean, I'm assuming when you heard that, you're thinking one guy, correct? Well, Mon- Montez, Montez, right? yeah. Montez. Montez is technically two, but but yeah. yes, that was, it was a most young mess. Yeah. And, and th- they're both repped by the same agency Correct. and you know they they, they kind of move in tandem so I, I wouldn't think that one would would zig and the other zag um it, it, the chase young thing is fascinating because of the timing of the injury he is going to be rehabbing it right up right. until the, the start of the season um what we saw after chase young left was that jonathan allen is the true leader of the defense um and you see chase young is still gonna move merchandise and he still needs to be the face of the organization in a lot of ways, at least until you have an elite quarterback in here. I, I don't think Terry really embraces that role in the same way that, that Chase does. You know, like you, you need to print Chase on, on the front of the tickets every week yeah. to get people excited about who they're going to come see. But if you were to ask those defensive players, who's who's the true heart and soul of the defense and the leader, I think it's John Allen. Um, and, and that's a that's a interesting balancing act, not an impossible one, but, but it's an interesting situation if you're the coach to, to find a way to walk that line. But, you know, it's funny that you say that because I think one of the things that he talks about cohesion, I think of that D-line group. And I think that there's a – that group needs to be more together. And so yeah. I think there is a – I think there is – I don't – I wouldn't – chasm or – chasm would be the wrong word, but I think there's still, you know, chase with those young guys I could see being more of a leader than John Allen was. And, not, and I don't think there – it's – it's rare when you have just one leader for a group. And I think you need multiple guys in multiple positions who are leaders at that group. And, um, you know, but I do, I think that I do, I did wonder about the cohesion aspect of that quote as well. You got, you got four alphas on that front line there, four yeah. first round guys who are used to being the man everywhere they go. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to make too much of the punch, but you know, it showed you something for sure. Yeah. And so and then going back to to Sweat and Young, where he said, um, I think it's for those guys, it's just understanding their fit, the things we do and how they fit them. Um, These guys are dynamic guys that run well and run through contact. That's a big thing for what you do on defense. You want guys that run through contact. That's who these guys are, I think. Um, He also said, I think basically they have to understand who they are. And I thought that was interesting as well. But I think that goes back to what the early part of the season was about, was guys figuring out where they fit in and who they are on defense. And I think, again, Chase Young, and, well, he brought him up. So that one was clearly about those guys. And Chase, I think, started when I when you'd watch him compared to last year. I mean, people forget how he finished last year as a rookie. He finished really strong. It was legit how well he played. And then he, st- he seemed like there were some things that he was – working on differently or taking a different approach with this footwork and the stutter steps and all that. But I don't know. How did you process that one? Yeah. And, and you know, Chase did a lot of work this off season. And um, I always, I always hate to 
pull Robert into this because we pull Robert into everything. But you just remember, like, just remember Robert standing there. And I think 2014, where like nobody watches more film than me. Like he's like, yeah. I, I watch film for hours every night. And he wasn't lying. He just he just didn't know what he was watching. He wasn't right. he didn't turn it into results on the field. Like he was working his butt off. Like that was never in question. And Chase Young is working his butt off. That's not in question. You, you know, you see the videos, you see what he's capable of doing. Like he's working hard, but is he working smart in a right. way that will benefit the team or is he working on himself in a way that ultimately is going to create friction when he drops into the lineup? Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that will be the one thing that I wonder about as he develops because the guy still has a ton of talent and listen, as he develops, he can still make plays because, again, we saw it. And I think when he would just rush and just like – and they, 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 he, Rivera talked about that, big guys run well, run through contact. That's what they want him to be. That's your strength right now. As you develop your moves or, or a few moves, play to your strengths. And I think that's what it is. But speaking of the moves, like that's what – it's funny because I talked to somebody who used to be a pass rush in the NFL like, I want to see, I'd like to see the videos of him working on pass rush moves versus on the agility work, because we know that. And, and not to say that he's not, I think what catches people's eye are always the, the footwork and this and that, but not to say not, but that's what somebody would say. And I do think like, I think the running through contact part is a big part of it because that's both their games are not Ben the corner Von Miller types. The, the upside is a hundred percent still there. No, yes. no, yeah. nobody, nobody's writing this thing off. It's a no. look it, right now. They're forecasting the top two picks to both be pass rushers this year. Like, and I, I don't think that'll happen because the quarterback always climbs up the boards, but like it is still a marquee position in the NFL and he still has the tools to be great at it. Like, yeah. are, are we critiquing him on, on a tough scale because he was a number two overall pick? Sure. Yes. You know, we're, we're demanding that greatness. He's not achieving it right now. Is he capable of achieving it? Oh, heck yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I didn't see a lack of a talent out there with no. him. I saw a lack of production and I think some of that lack of production was <laughs> due to, you know, some of the ways he rushed, but I think it's because again, I go back to that stutter step and Rivera talked about that earlier this year, but when you go back and watch it, there was one game, the bills game, it was pronounced when he stutter stepped, he would get stoned and he drop off when he didn't, he would apply pressure. And that's there. It's not quite that simple, but to a degree it is. So I think it's, it's not far fetched to think you can come back and have a good year. Yeah. And he has to pay for the sins of the past a lot too, because how many talented guys have we seen roll through here? who are told they're bigger than the organization and that ends up creating issues. And then all of a sudden he's not at OTAs, like, you know, maybe in a vacuum, that's fine. But in light of everything that's happened here over the last 10 years, it's, Oh crap. Like, are we running down this road again? Right. And let's be clear here. There's only one person bigger than the organization and it's me. So they just have to stop that nonsense. So <laughs> that's why I'm, just, I'm waiting for him to be called the Washington Johnny cakes, you know, something like that. Um, so I, I, I've heard that new stadium in Berryville is going to be nice, but boy, I'm, I'm worried about the traffic on that two lane dirt road. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, you hit it. You, if you kill it, you eat it that, on the way out here. So, you know, that's, that's going to be the motto and, and the brisket will be fresh. So, yeah. So there, there. In the NFL. Yeah, there you go. But I, but I agree with you. I think, I don't think it's far fetched at all to think that chase has a bounce back year. The one thing you know about that kid too, I think it, it does matter to him and there's no way that he's going to come back happy with what he showed this year. And it's not just about the sacks. I think there's a lot, but you know, 
For them, it will be about the sex. And I'll say this too, for people who didn't like him making commercials, those commercials dry up when is a defensive end if you don't get sacks. You know, quarterbacks, we see Baker Mayfield. You don't have to stay, you don't have to be great for very long to continue those commercials, apparently. But with the ends, you better, <laughs> you better be in a national spotlight and you get that with sacks. All right, the last thing, yeah, go ahead. The only thing redeeming progressive is that those commercials are so good. I'm willing to overlook the fact that Baker Mayfield has been a dud for the last 11 weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. Is the commercials part of me is like, geez, you know, you wish he'd play better because the commercials are kind of good that they continue. But again, yeah. for defensive ends, the, the commercial opportunities dwindle if you're not producing. And I think people who know oh, yeah. that are the people who rep. Um, Chase Young and Montez. Last one, oh, yeah. Jam- Jamin Davis. He talked about the style of the defense they played in college is different from the things that we asked him to do. So there's a lot of learning that was involved in that. And he also, Rivera also brought up the fact that John Bostic was not out there helping him. And I think that's important. And I think it speaks to what he wants in the middle. And Cole Holcomb was not that guy. And it's not Cole's fault because it wasn't suited for that role, but he couldn't handle that role. I think it's the guy out there who's smart, who knows what they're doing. Now you need a guy who's at a higher level than Bostic for them to succeed, but you need a guy that also knows what they're doing um, to, to help a guy like that. But I don't know. What do you see from James? What did you see from Jamin this year? And what do you think for him going forward? Yeah, it's interesting. So I'll start with Ron because Ron had Cam Newton in Carolina, and I think part of this Washington experience has been him appreciating how important a quarterback is. Ron has always had a great middle linebacker. Yes. Like he just going back to when he was a linebacker, like he just he's been around talent. He was talent like he he would going all the way back to the Bears everywhere he's played. They've dominated at that position. And so when they drafted Jamin Davis, you say two things. One. It's a touch of a reach to take a linebacker that high in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But but two, if anybody is going to correctly identify who will be a star linebacker in the National Football League, it's this guy. Like maybe Bill Belichick's number two because he's good at everything. But like if you were to say pick one head coach and he needs to go pick a linebacker to be his guy for the next 10 years, I think Ron's the guy of all 32 guys. Like he knows it, man. He knows that position. He knows talent. So, you know, that, that was what I said. Alossi was like, I don't know. I don't know middle linebackers, but I trust Ron. Like I, I trust Ron to identify it. And now we're running down this road and boy, what a flashing warning light last week when David Mayo is out snapping him, when you, the, the decks are clear for him to get out there and play and he's not playing. I know there's a million things going on. There's COVID going on. There's the off the field stuff going on. So I don't, I don't want to jump to conclusions based on that, but this is a monster off season for Jamin Davis. Cause now if he's going to move to that outside slot, he doesn't just have to be good. He's got to be crazy good to justify that first round pick. Um, right. Right. You know, I think that's a good you only have, You only have to be pretty good from the middle as long as you're good at like calling the shots and commanding people and putting them in the right place. But if you're taking an outside linebacker in the first round, like, and not a, not a four, three, not a three, four outside linebacker, like Kerrigan back in the day, like, but a four, three outside linebacker, like you got to be crazy good to justify the first round. I don't see it at all. Um, I continue to have a level of blind faith in Ron that this is a position he's good at, but boy, it's it, the early returns were just not promising at all. Yeah. And there was a point during the year where I felt like he was developing and there, he had a couple games where I'm like, okay, I see it. Like the green Bay game, there was one play where it was bad, but overall I thought he did a pretty good job. 
The Raiders game where he misses those tackles, the one thing that I liked about his game is that he was in position to make a number of plays. He just didn't. Now, he made a couple of nice plays, but he missed four tackles that were key. And, I, you know, but the thing I liked is that, well, the, it starts with being in the right spot. And he was. And he was there to make plays. He didn't make them. That's what you have to do. But to your point, like, I never – when he was drafted – you talk to people like, I think it was split. The people I talked to who felt he could be an inside, a middle linebacker for them. And, but he has speed length, athleticism. Those, the traits he has there are somewhat unique. So if you can tap into that, then I think he can help them. But yeah, but you know, I, I think your point is valid. Is it's when you look at how he's developing, is that a guy that you would say that it was worthy of the 19th pick? Well, that remains to be seen. And I do think he can help them to what level, you know, I, I think we'll find out. And I do think it'll help to have somebody else in the middle. It'll help them all. Um, but then I wonder if you feel like Cole is playing a certain level and you have Jamin over here, how often are you using that base package versus the big yep. nickel? And then if you're going to big nickel, then who's in the middle and who's out? And that's when we'll really start to see what we're, what they're looking at with it. So, but they, but he's got to develop. And again, I felt like he made some strides in some areas, but, he wasn't the guy that I would have picked there, in all honesty. I mean, I picked Koromoa for our draft. Well, um, I mean, then, then you're watching him last night, and you're like, oh, boy, he, he's something right now already, you know? Like, that's, I, that's well, a little bit of salt in the wound. Well, and I, I liked him because I felt like he played every bit to his speed, and I felt like he was aggressive when he'd come up and make tackles. So I, I felt like he would be a good playmaker for them, but – you know, they're still not paying me to run this franchise, Michael, no matter how Despite right I always being am. the most important yeah. guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking. And I know that, you know, I, I don't know one day, one day, one day they'll listen to these podcasts before the draft and say, you know what, this is what he's saying. We got to roll this way. Or they'll watch the ESPN, our ESPN uh, mock draft and like, wait a minute, throw that out because Kime said this. So, you know, but, you know, I think I, I've made a couple of good picks. I'd have a hell of a team, I think. So at least at least that's what I'm telling myself. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know if it's actually accurate, but, I, but you know, it sounds good. So it's, it's e easy to coach from the press box. There you we go. Know that. Yep, it is. So, Michael, anyway, thanks a lot for coming on. Go back and enjoy the snow and, and have a good day. And we'll see you soon. Looking forward to it. See you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Michael for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back with another episode Thursday night. Talk to you next time.